This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We have got some exciting news to talk about because there's this big international event happening in Bridge next weekend. It starts Friday the 30th of September and it's called the Margaret Burt Team. Idea from Australia. Barry's going to fill us in. He's got all the guff that you want to know. We'll be able to convince it, Barry. You will. So at last, there's some real bridge for people to get their teeth into, if you like. So I hear 30 teams are registered. Yep, that's right. They're from all over the place. South Africa, Ireland, USA, Japan, Korea, Indonesia, Thailand, Australia, and of course, New Zealand. A lot of names that I don't know from places like Indonesia and Thailand and all over the place. I'm sure they will have all played before, Mariana. (laughs) And how many days is the format, Barry? It's a three-day event. Starts Friday, which is the 30th of September, and goes through Saturday and Sunday. There is a qualifying stage. I think it's four teams that go through to the finals. Mm. Obviously, it's a new format, but um, the rest of the teams carry on and play in another event called the Ted Chadwick Teams. So that, that carries on after the qualifying stage, and that's a new event in its own right. Two well-known names, Margaret Burke and Ted Chadwick, an Australian bridge. And, and you're in the New Zealand mixed teams? That team's been entered? Uh, yeah, that team's been entered. So we're playing with the Fishers and the Simpson, but there are lots of good teams. So I see that Tim Burke, uh, Margaret's husband, has got a team in there. He's got David Smith, Diana Smart, Elizabeth Hervis, Rena Kaplan, and Giselle Mundell. There's quite a few Australian teams, but obviously there's lots of Kiwis sort of sprinkled through there as well. There's the Ashton team, which is, is, has won quite a lot the last couple of years. That's Sophie Ashton playing with Sartej Hans, Moritz Vandervloot, Avi Kanetka, Dave Wiltshire, and Elena Moskowski. Julian Foster, who we've spoken to on the bridge zone, he's in there with David Weston, Kim Morrison, Bruce Neal, Chris Hughes, and Dee Harley. Look, honestly, there's sort of a pretty star-studded field, really. Nabil Edgerton, Susan Humphreys, who we've spoken to, they're in yep, it. Some Wellingtonians have entered. Oh, yeah, there were. The Cornell team, Michael Cornell with Ashley Bach, Peter Newell, and Martin Reed, could be one of the favourites. And there's there. some composite teams from various countries as well. Hugh McGann, I see, is in a team living in Hamilton, just recently tried for Ireland. I don't know, picked the bones out of that. <laughs> um, they've got a little bit of a write-up about Hugh in here and his efforts trying to qualify for Ireland. Um, yeah, bit of a tough call up in the middle of the night playing. Thailand have got a team in. Don't ask me to pronounce their names. They're quite long. <laughs> um, the McCullum team, Kate McCullum, who's, who's been out to Australia on numerous occasions. Um, being a world champion. Yeah. She's got a team in there. Um, yeah, the Wellington team is Anthony Kerr, Stephen Henry, Annette Henry, John Skipper, Jane Skipper, and Ellen Grant. And it's all done on this real bridge platform. It's all done on real bridge. I think they're having a practice during the week. Players might want to go on and have a practice on real bridge, see what it's like. Mm. If you're bored, if you're locked down, something for you to do. Talking about being locked down, Barry, I got a bit bored. And I jumped on Larry Cohen's website 
What have you done? I purchased a couple of his webinars. Okay. (laughs) I did another two. Marty Bergen and Larry Cohen, I did Improving Your Slam Bidding Judgment. Brought that, 30 minutes through that, about an hour and a half. Pretty good. They just are actually bidding real hands and giving you their thought process verbally. And the other one I did was Hand Evaluation by Michael Berkowitz. David Berkowitz's son. In fact, most of the Berkowitz actually take part and do webinars on the Cohen website. So if anyone's interested, I've got some spare time and I've got plenty of spare time at the moment. Jump onto LarryCohen.com and have a look. How do you find it? You just jump onto his website, LarryCohen.com, and there's all these webinars. You can purchase them and watch them live if you want. Okay, any BBO for you this week? Hopefully try and get to play some. This week I haven't been. I've been a little bit busy. I need to get playing because we're meant to be playing in the Hamilton Congress. See, there's quite a few entries in for it, so he's hoping that it will all go ahead. I have a question. What What are your thoughts? If people, I know people have entered that are in Northland, and if Auckland for some reason don't get past level three, do you think they'll be able to travel on through for a bridge tournament? Yeah, that's tricky, isn't it? You, you would think perhaps not, but... I mean, they are letting people travel through for reasons as long as they don't stop anywhere in Auckland. I don't know whether a bridge tournament might be the reason, whether they would let you through for that. Because you actually still have to have an exemption, don't you? So it was just a thought. But obviously with Level 2, you should be able to go regional. So fingers crossed we're going to be able to have people visit from the Northland region. I know last year in my real estate work there were farmers that were <laughs> would like they'd like charter a plane and fly and land on the, on the other side of the border <laughs> and, oh. and, and, and get, have a car and and carry on from there now, I, don't, I don't know how many bridge players we need to charter a small plane but they'd like fly from Pongaree to well Pukekohe in those days but you don't usually have to go further south now the things you have to do I mean could you take a boat I suppose you could you could go down the coast <laughs> Noah's Ark, come on, bring your partners, jump in here. <laughs> tricky for the Northlanders, they're a bit sort of cut off. He is hoping that Auckland might make it to level two or something anyway. It'll certainly make matters a, a little bit easier, won't they? It's all still a bit messy for organisers of bridge tournaments, mm. but just another problem they have to work with. Okay, well, we've received, listeners, we received notice from New Zealand Bridge that there is a brand new Bridge podcast that has now started. They've had their first podcast downloaded and is available. And quite a good name, I guess, Barry. Sorry, partner. Did you check it out? Where are they actually from? So Catherine Harris is from Australia, and she's a novelist and a audio producer and a bridge lover, uh, found bridge after playing 500 from school as well. Jocelyn Strat, she's a lawyer in San Francisco, and they are actual bridge partners. They have started their bridge podcast, which is great. Anything that raises the awareness of bridge across whatever medium is good. Their first one is there, so look them up. Sorry, partners. So are you still subbing for BBO for Patrick when he needs you? Yeah, yeah. We've been on a few times. Not so much lately. You'd think it was a 50-50 chance that you'd be required. But 
haven't been on there too much lately. I did notice, Barry, and I'm not too sure why. Normally, they had 40, and on Friday, there was 120. What's the change there? Yeah, I did see that. I don't know the reason for that. I don't know how they managed to have that many. I thought part of the reason why he did that was there were some limits on the size of the tournament you can have. Um, that's oh. why there were often two run. So I don't, don't know. I haven't spoken to him about that. I did see Patrick put a little notice out that they are running a couple of practice events on Real Bridge that was open for oh, yeah. everybody. And he suggested that people jump onto Real Bridge and actually have a go before they jump in there. I was thinking, ah, oh, maybe that's something that I could do because I'd like to have a look at that. I haven't been involved or attempted to have a look at that type of media to play. But is it easy? I mean, if you can do it. Yeah, yeah, it has to be easy, doesn't it? It actually is pretty easy. The only thing is, I, I don't know how you get on... There's a charge. It's not free, not all free like BBO. So I don't quite know how you would go on there and try oh, without right. actually without actually paying something. But I, I could be wrong there. But I, I I understood you. You had to pay. How much do you pay? I don't know. I don't pay Mariana. You know that. Well, you've been on. <laughs> well, I have been on. I didn't have to pay then because that was all part of the New Zealand Australia thing. Um, oh, I so see. I didn't pay anything when I went on there. Oh, okay. Australia and Murray Wiggins organised them and we all just went on there and, and played. As you know, I never pay any money for anything, Mariana. Maybe it's because you're number 402 on the list, Barry. If you, You've got to get on that bloody list, people. <laughs> I don't think being 402nd on the list actually carries too much weight, Mariana, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish it did. <laughs> All right, well, let's go off and catch up with Kermit. Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond. Manamana. 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 What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Hello, Kermit. Hi there. I hear that you moved into the 40s this week. We're not talking years, folks. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. Thank you. I was going to take that as a compliment. Right, tip number 41 is don't worry. They have the same cards at the other table. Sometimes when we're playing a hand and, for instance, we bid to what looks like a perfectly normal game, we feel a little bit panicky or even aggrieved at how badly it's going. You know what I mean, that 5-0 break in trumps or that 6-0 break in the side suit. And what I say to you is... Stay calm, because just remember, if you are playing duplicate, the other 20 tables in the room will be playing those cards. If you're playing teams, then your opponents are holding those horrible cards too. So as long as you've done something that's pretty sensible, then just shrug your shoulders and say the bridge gods are playing tricks on me. And speaking of bridge gods, I was thinking the other day, I was doing a little presentation at class and I was talking about the bridge gods and I thought, hmm, what do I imagine the bridge gods look like? And so I don't know if how many people saw Thor, is it Ragnarok, which was directed by um, Kaika. There were some gods on there, Loki, Thor and Hela and When I think of the bridge gods, they're who I think of. They're mischievous, (laughs) kind of groovy. (laughs) 
hang our hands and it turns out really horribly. Yeah. As long as you're in something sane, hopefully you'll at least have company. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to try and come up with my own bridge gods who wear the undies on the outside as well. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on from the bridge tip, did you see that Boris Johnson's even talking about me now? Oh, yes, 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 I did see. You're global, but you knew that you were global anyway. <laughs> He's telling the UN that Kermit the Frog has got it wrong. He is. He said that it really is be easy being green. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that amused me when I saw that online. Yep, <laughs> I had to cut that one yeah. out. I did get a laugh out of that. Tell me, what do you reckon the bridge gods look like? I hadn't really thought about it. Don't imagine they're green, but they could be. Sort of like, who was that guy? The Incredible Hulk. Could yeah, be like that. Could, be, could be a question for the listeners, Pam. Yeah. What you think the bridge gods look like. That goes to bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. Mariana. Yeah. I've got a question for you. Uh-oh. I know you always love it when I have questions for you. Can I Google it? No, you can't <laughs> Google it. Okay. Well, well, perhaps you could, but I don't know what answer you'd come up with. It probably wouldn't work. Right. So, sitting there, innocently, and your partner opens the bidding. That's always good news, right? Yes, very good. So, partner opens the bidding in one of a suit. And you may have some of that suit, or you may not have many. How many points do we need to respond, Mariana, is the first question. Six plus is what we teach. Six plus is what you need to respond. So the question is, would you would you ever respond with less than six? You know, if you had a really nice four-card spade suit, but only four points, but your spade suit was King Jack 10-9 or something, would you ever consider bidding that suit? Hmm. Well, I'm sure you'd consider it because I, I know what you're looking for. I would consider it. I'd have to look to see whether we're vulnerable or not because you know what would happens. Would you actually do it is the question because you do know don't you Mariana that if you respond one spade with four points like that that isn't the end of the option is it no. we know that our, our beloved partner on the other side of the table they're going to do something dramatic aren't they yeah. you can just you can just tell I mean if you had four spades to the nine and a four count you probably wouldn't even consider it you'd just pass that's right if I gave you if King Jack 10-9 wasn't good enough for you, you think, nah, I'm still not bidding. I've only got four points. I just know what's going to happen. Partner's going to bid two no trumps or something, and we're going to go down in a heap. I'm better off passing them out in one diamond or wherever they are. Or they're going to jump in the suit that I don't have any of that, you know, or something bad is going to happen. Yeah. You're probably going to pass with just a four-card suit. Could I tempt you, Mariana, if I gave you a fifth spade? Yep. Four or five so, points, I potentially would. I think with five points, you probably would. I'm only giving you four, Mariana. Yeah, I'd pass. Okay, you'd pass even with five spades? Yeah, I'd pass. Even with five spades. Okay, what if I gave you a sixth spade, Mariana? I'd leap. (laughs) I'd do a zero zero to five, six spades. No, but not not everybody plays that, Mariana. So you're not playing that. You're just playing the basic system with somebody. You didn't even have time for a 30-second discussion at the bar. You've sat down next to them and say, if you jump, you might be promising 17 plus or something if you jump. So you better not do that. The question is, would you make a one-level response if you had a six-card suit and a four-count? Yes. What if it was only a three-count? What was only a three-count? No, I wouldn't. Only a three-count. 
Oh, look, look, I have nightmares about partner leaping off the game. But, hey, if they leap off the game, obviously got a fit and points, so I hope their points are in the other suit. Bid at your own peril. So you'd have to go through and do all those little tick boxes, Barry, and if they leap to game, if I've got a six-card suit, well, I'm pretty shapely, aren't I? Well, you are, but they might not have any of your suit. They might go jumping off in their own suit. True. Oh, well. I mean, what I'm trying to say is they're a line, you know. So, I mean, even if you're one of these people that says, nah, I've only got I've only got three or four points. I'm not going to bid with a, even with a six-card suit. Well, okay. What if I gave you a seven or even an oh, eight-card suit? There must be a line, Mariana, where you would bid. If you had eight spades, you're going to bid them, aren't you? Yeah. Somebody said once, somebody very clever, cleverer than me, said, what do you call an eight-card suit? And the answer was Trump. <laughs> so if you've got eight spades and partner jumps off, so you're just going to keep on bidding. I mean, with eight with yeah. an eight-card suit, you've probably got to play. So there must be a line. So although we teach everybody that you only you need six points to, to respond, if you've got a good enough, long enough suit, everybody's got a breaking point, Mariana, where they would say, okay, okay, I know I've only got three points. I'm going to bid. I'm going to bid. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. If you've got seven spades, there's, what's the percentage that partner has at least one so you have a fit? Give me a percentage. You should know that. What's the no, percentage of partner holding a void? Is there a percentage for that? I don't know how you'd even work that out. I mean, partner's got so many hands they could have. Uh, but at least have one if you've got seven. I guess so the more spades you've got, the lower the odds of partner having many of them is. But, mm. but I mean, I know one thing. If you've got an eight-card suit, you know you've got a fit. Coming up next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Today's question is, when there is a a hesitation at the table, maybe a person hesitates for quite a while and then passes and their partner later on bids, sometimes that's a little questionable if there's a long hesitation. What happens at that point? Opponents, how do they acknowledge? Do they call the director straight away? What do they do, Julie? So for a start, since fisticuffs and throwing things at people and bad language aren't really allowed, using the word hesitation generates a lot of problems. So our best thing to do is to actually just work on the fact that we've had a break in tempo. That is that someone has taken some time, it can be brief, it can be long, and then they have made a bid, generally, or passed, or whatever they've done. And everyone is allowed to think. So you are allowed to take time before you make a bid, before you make a play. But, in a really big but here, your partner isn't allowed that information that that gives. Clearly, if I stop to think about something, I have got something in my hand of value somewhere. So when you stop to think, your partner gets an idea about what's going on, about the fact you have values. Some of the time, this will be no issue. Some of this time, this will be a major issue. So what we do in general is if somebody has taken some time, we agree that they have taken some time to think, be it three, four seconds slower than normal or a minute or two minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it might be. So at that point, you say, do you agree that your partner, best to ask the partner, do you agree that your partner took some time to make a bit? And if they say, yep, absolutely, we have no problem and we can keep playing because we all agree there was a break in tempo. If there isn't agreement, 
then we should call the director so that we point out to the director before we get the screaming bottom board or whatever it may be, that we thought that something has occurred at the table and we just want to make it clear that we have a concern. We're not accusing people of cheating, of doing things that are wrong. We're not doing anything of that sort at all. People are allowed to think, they are allowed to take time to think, but some of the time it just happens to create a problem. So we call the director. If we don't have agreement and the director will come to the table, say, play on, call me back at the end of the hand if there is a problem. Really quite simple. So if we all agree, we keep playing. If we don't agree, we call the director and then we keep playing. Okay, at the end of the hand, we look at the hand. 90% of the time, at least, we will have a situation where there is absolutely no issue whatsoever. Everyone is happy and life will continue and all will be good. Some of the time, there will be an issue and it's not even that someone has blatantly taken advantage of something that they shouldn't. It is just that we have a comparison that we rule and that is if over 80% of players of your ability or thereabouts would have made the same decision as you on the hand without any other information whatsoever, it is a clear-cut bit and life is fine. If some people would have chosen one thing over another, then there might be an issue and the director will go away often poll people and come back and give you a ruling. To be 100% clear here, if your partner takes time to think and you bid, you are allowed. Partner thinking does not stop you bidding. If it did, we'd have the same problem in a slightly different way. So anyone that says to you, your partner took some time to think you cannot bid, does not know the laws of bridge at all and hasn't known them for about the last 20 plus years quite easily, (laughs) right? If I've got an eight-card speed suit and my partner hesitates, I'm still allowed to bid them. Yeah. When we had written bidding and people used to double, some of you still have written bidding, and partner would double and the pen would go through 10 layers of paper, right? (laughs) clearly a penalty double, and you bid, well, that was fine. There's still unauthorised information there about what we know partner means. That's fine. First of all, if there is a break in tempo, you ask the partner of the person that was thinking, do they agree that there was some time taken for thought? And you will note I have yet to use the word hesitation in any of these sentences because it is like a red rag to a bull. just creates absolute havoc. So do you agree someone took a bit of time to make a decision? And often people say, yeah, it's a really hard hand, or which they shouldn't, but they do. And so there is a reason, and that is fine. And when you've got that agreement, you play on. When you get to the end of the hand, you call the director. If they don't agree, you call the director before you go any further so that there is no issue about whether something happened or not. Because if you don't say anything and you play the end of the hand and then you find you've got an absolute bottom board and then you point it out, to some degree, this is looking back and it's nowhere near as clear about what did or didn't happen at the time. Okay, sounds good. We've got a short topic of discussion. Got two and a half minutes left, so let's get into this real quick. COVID, everybody's favourite subject. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Julie, about clubs perhaps um, prohibiting people or members from playing at their club if they haven't been jabbed? 
I think we've got the new smoking issue coming up, sort of in some ways. The problem here is your club is very dependent on your membership and what your current rules are. And I think putting in something like a compulsory need to have vaccinated. I don't want to comment on the rights or wrongs. Personally, I'd be really happy to know that everyone was vaccinated, except those, of course, that can't be. But are you able to do that? And I think it is a major issue for the club. I think I'd be looking at a general meeting to put it to the meeting about what the club wants. I'm not certain that I would be happy if I was on a club committee to put in a rule and then have the problems arise at this late stage of a financial year where people have played subs and things and want to play and want to do things, and then you've changed the rules to some degree around them. So I'm not certain. I would like to go to a meeting where it was discussed and be able to see what the actual remit would be to put in about how we deal with this. For a lot of clubs, you're not public, are you? Maybe we should carry this on in the format of 10 minutes about something. Absolutely. On Friday, and then we can even go into membership forms and potentially how they could possibly change with a couple of questions. We'll catch you later. We were talking with Kermit about some other little things. So here's the end of our conversation today. Oh, now i got something funny to tell you. Nothing to do with bridge. My friend and I went out on Saturday night. It felt very special going out. We went out for dinner and I said, let's go and see that new Marvel movie. It's not much on. Let's go and see that. She said, fine. And she booked the tickets. And I sat in the theatre with her and the opening scenes come on and man, there was a lot of blood. I thought this was not what I was expecting. And then the title came up and we had tickets to Suicide Squad. And that was not what I had planned at all. Anyway, it was interesting. Yeah, a lot of blood. Quite quirky. Did you make it right to the end? Made it right to the end. I have to say, I think we were the oldest there by about at least 30 years. (laughs) I've got a question for you both. Gearing up for this weekend, what are your thoughts? For the Margaret Burke teams, Pam and I are going to be adversaries. Yes. What do you think would be a respectable finishing position in that pretty strong field of 30 teams, Pam? Uh, I'll be delighted if I'm in the top half. It's pretty That's strong. Top, yeah, pretty strong. And, I mean, yep. even the ones I don't know just happen to be the Japanese Open team or something. And <laughs> they probably played before. Just going to be a great experience. We're very lucky to be able to compete in it. And I'm just going to enjoy playing bread. Most people, when they play their first tournament with a partner, start off with a 3B or something like that. But no, I've never played in a proper tournament with my partner, Jeff Miller. And so we, <laughs> we're starting off with this just to make it, you know, interesting. <laughs> hey, I think it's a good idea. Just think, Pam, it can only get easier. It's exactly right. We're just going to enjoy ourselves. I'm playing his system, which is pretty unfamiliar to me. It's a precision style system, and he's playing my style of defence. So we'll both be confused. (laughs) You and Jeff both coming to Hamilton on Labour Weekend? Fingers crossed that we run it. Uh, No, but... I'm again, I'm having a maiden voyage at a honeymoon bridge at Hamilton and I'm playing with Graham Tufnell if it goes ahead. I'm more than a little worried because we all know what happens when Pam enters a tournament in 2021. (laughs) 
<laughs> Shall I put someone else's name in there until you know, like right before, and then sub in? Yeah. No, no, we need to we need to break the hoodoo. <laughs> it sounds great. We'll be committing away for the weekend, and we'll catch you next week. Well, good luck this weekend in the Margaret Burke teams. Okay, and um, at least it means that people have got some bridge to watch on the weekend. Can't be all bad. All right, so take care, everybody. Bye for now. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.